Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, there's growing frustration from New Zealand athletes competing overseas that they can't get a place in MIQ to come home. We've heard it from Kiwi motocross world champion Courtney Duncan on our show last week and since then... We've heard it also from Ryan Fox, from Paige Harrod, from uh, a group of NRL women's players stuck in Australia, and multi-sport athlete Braden Curry, who's uh, competing in Europe at the moment, doesn't know if he'll be home uh, with his wife and kids for Christmas. Uh, of course, it's very frustrating for them. How frustrating is it for the families at home waiting? Well, joining us now is Braden Curry's wife and manager, Sally. Sally Curry, good morning to you. Good morning. Well, Sally, I, you know, I, I can't really imagine what you're going through because I'm not waiting for any loved ones to come home or, or concerned about just when that possibility might be. So um, every day you wake up, I guess you hope that uh, you've pushed the button at the right time and got an MIQ spot. But, man, it, it, must, be, it must be so frustrating and, and very uh, awful to live through. Well, you know, I think... Um Brad and I have been through a lot over the years when it comes to the challenges of individual sport um, and pursuing, you know, the dreams of being at the top of the world stage. And to be honest with you, we're actually reasonably resilient when it comes to these types of challenges. But I think for me, um, I, I know quite a few of these people personally who are either stranded overseas, other people, other sports people who are stranded overseas or who are literally making decisions about giving up their careers because of the stress that's involved in um, getting on that plane and knowing that you may not be able to get home. Um, And and that's what's been highlighted to me through this process of of sharing Brayden's story is just how dire it is out there for our New Zealand sports people. So have you been in contact or uh, with anyone at, at MIQ? Have, I mean, do, do, you, do they answer your calls? Do, do they give you decent answers if you are? No, they don't. And I think that's the other really frustrating part of this is the lack of accountability um, within MIQ. And they're, they're even lack of policy, you know, for, just as an example on our end, Brayden um, was travelling with Dylan McNeese, who's a former triathlete. They tra- they travelled together um, the whole way, you know, through the races and, and shared rooms and, and they've been friends for 
you know, 15 years, I applied for uh, Braden to share a room with Dylan on return, which seemed like a fair and reasonable request. I didn't expect that it would cause much concern, particularly because they had been together the whole time and were on the same, you know, travel program. However, they said no. But what they didn't do is lay out um, a proper explanation for why. So I had to keep going back to them. You can't call them. You've got to email them. And a lot of the time they don't reply. You have to just literally keep going. And in the end, well, not in the end, at the very beginning, I said, can I see the policy that your denial of this request relates to? Send me the policy. Send me, send me it in writing. Anyway, to, to this day, I don't have anything in writing. They said it's an internal policy that can't be shared. Um, so since then, obviously, I've gone on to the um, gone to the point of requesting this information because I've been told that it's it's public information that the government can't run on internal policies that can't be shared with the public. That's not how democracy works. So. I have requested that official information, but the boat has sailed. You know, Brayden, Dylan's on his way home. I think he'll land any moment um, today. And that, that opportunity's been lost, um, which is a real shame, you know, in, in Brayden's situation. But it's definitely gave, given me an insight into what, what everyone's dealing with when it comes to MIQ and the rules being, you know, effectively just sort of made up as they go along and the lack of accountability through the whole system. Obviously, uh, Sally, you know, uh, we're talking sport here on the station, predominantly about sporting people, but there are a lot of people, a lot of Kiwis in, in uh, normal society who are trying to get home for various reasons who aren't sporting people. Uh, should there be um, a different rule for athletes as opposed to uh, people returning for other reasons? So this has been an interesting one, and I'm very aware of of all the people in really challenging situations who are also trying to get home. When it comes to New Zealand citizens who needed to go abroad for business or New Zealand citizens who wish to return home to reside, New Zealand citizens who have, you know, sick family, you know, there's, there's a myriad of um, really compelling reasons why our New Zealand citizens want to come home, I think in, on, the, on the surface of that, it's an appalling situation that you, you don't have a country to call home anymore. You don't have a country you can access. You literally, um, no one wants you. You're out there in the world and you can't reside anywhere. That, that is a human rights violation, clearly. Um, but then if we bring it back to sport and what I have honed in on is that it's inequitable within sport because for example our teams you know I guess our front of focus favorite iconic New Zealand sporting teams are able to obtain MIQ spots yet our individual athletes who are competing on the world stage, you know, even, you know, like gold, gold medalists. I know that they organise something for the Olympians, but at the moment you've got the snow sports crew who actually can't, you know, they haven't been able to train in New Zealand and they need to go and train um, 
in the winter to prepare for the Winter Olympics, some of them are, you know, 16 years old. They are Olympic contenders. They can't get spots. So, and then you see the list of sporting events that are that are being authorised by the New Zealand government that are able to to come to New Zealand. Internationals come to New Zealand to compete in these events that are being given hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of MIQ spots being allocated them. And I look at that and I go, well, there is a bigger argument, there is a bigger picture and there is a bigger problem, but there's clearly a huge problem even within, you know, just that centralised industry of sport and how it's prioritised by our New Zealand government. Should there be um, a sporting type facility? Should they give th- some thought to you know a, a, a different type MIQ facility at home, specifically for sporting people? Because um, you know, whilst we we hear a lot about other people, it seems to be a, a lot of people in this situation, Sally. That you know, are, are desperate. For instance, is, and can I ask you: Is, is Braden has he been inoculated? Yes, yeah, and I would say, I would say ninety-five percent has been. Yeah. So you you know you've so, got a group, you've got a subgroup of people that are majority, larger than majority vaccinated. They're highly disciplined, committed individuals who are also in the public eye. You know, like. If they're given this opportunity, like, for example, there is a pilot program starting, as you will be aware, within MIQ, of how it could operate differently. Sporting people are not being given the opportunity to be part of that um, on any level. So, to me, that's a really, um, it's a really good option to look at sports people to ha- even have their own pilot program, you could run them. Um, you, could, you know, like what they're going to do is they're going to let business people, you know, the fifty-plus individual business people. They're the people who are going to get these pilot spots. Um, but ultimately, at the at the height of this pandemic, when it first happened, all these sporting people accepted the fact that they may not be able to compete for, you know, six months to twelve months overseas or longer. And they have accepted that. But what we're dealing with now is the crux. Like the absolute, if they don't get overseas to compete, their careers are over. You know, everything they've worked towards. And I think with sports as well, you know, you get you get a couple of years where you're at your peak, you know. And these guys mm. have been putting, they might have put a decade of work into having their peak performance. And simply because... Our government can't up, can't come up with a fair and equal system across sport, as you know, as the high the highlight industry we're discussing. They're going to miss out, and I think every Kiwi, and this is the feedback I've got along the way, I haven't had one person say to me it's not fair to ask this. I haven't had anyone say why should sports people be given a priority because that's not what I'm asking. I'm I'm asking for something that's fair across sport because sporting people are already being given priorities. But the reality is 
that that sporting teams are be, are being given those priorities. So there is a there is a system in place. It's just not for everyone. Yeah, uh, Sally, I, I, I hear your plight and your voice, and uh, I very really do sympathise uh, with you. I, I, I'm really uh, I'm at a loss as to why it's so hard to get answers for this. Uh, th- that's the one thing for me. I mean, there's a definite no, there's a no, there's no spot. That's the only answer they seem to come up with. But for me, I, I, I'm you know I'm con- increasingly talking to people on a daily basis on the radio and privately about this scenario. It is ugly. It's very very bad and it needs to be addressed. I, I hope um, um, by exposing it, you, you do some good, and I wish you all the best getting Braden home, really, um, and time for Christmas uh, with the family, uh, and that's a priority for you and everyone. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. That's Sally Curry, folks, and, uh, you know, taking it upon herself to, uh, to, to be a outspoken about it she works very hard and every day she wants better news about the fact that her husband who's uh, over there uh, representing us paying tax on his earnings back in New Zealand supporting the people who are back in New Zealand uh, can't get a break simple as that it's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.